On this week's edition of the Random Wrestling Podcast, all the fallout from tables, ladders, and chairs, news from Raw, news from SmackDown, heading in to Roadblock, and some Royal Rumble news as well, too. Interesting update as far as Matt Hardy and Ring of Honor's relationship, NXT news pertaining Samoa Joe and Shinsuke Nakamura in the NXT Championship, plus Linda McMahon working for Donald Trump. Oh, boy. WWE programming news and so much more on this week's edition of the Random Wrestling Podcast. And now, from the deep corner of the interwebs, it's the OK Fame Random Wrestling Podcast. What? Pro Wrestling Talk with a comedy twist. And now, here's Connor, a.k.a. OK Fame. What is going on, guys? It's George Julie Connor, a.k.a. OK Fame. Welcome back, guys, to another edition of the Random Wrestling Podcast, episode number four. A little late, but boy, howdy, I'm so kind of glad for once that we're actually late because some more news and some more intriguing developments happened, and I want to fill you guys in. Of course, we're your crazy source for pro wrestling talk with a comedy twist. And of course, you guys know who I am. I'm Connor, a.k.a. OK Fave. I want to take this time to thank you guys again, once again, for tuning in to the podcast, wherever you guys are listening and or watching this from, whether it be iTunes, Stitcher Radio, SoundCloud, or TuneIn for the audio version, and of course, right here on YouTube. And if guys, listen, YouTube's been kind of acting a little funky lately, so if you guys really want to help support the podcast, help support the show, if you're watching this on YouTube, make sure you hit that subscribe button, make sure you hit that like button, give it a big old thumbs up if you guys like the show, and of course, comment down in the comment section below, let me know what you guys think of all these topics, let me know your thoughts as well too, and make sure you subscribe, rate, comment, and share, it help support the podcast, it would be really much appreciated, give us that five star rating over on iTunes, really would mean the world to me. If you guys want to follow us on social media, we are on the Facebook and the Twitter, at OKFabe, R-W-P, love interacting with you guys and gals on there, make sure you use the hashtag R-W-P, if you guys want your question or comment read during the show, and I try to get to them whenever I possibly can. Of course, want to thank our two sponsors for the show here. First and foremost, Pro Wrestling Tees, high-quality, amazing merchandise provider for the Random Wrestling Podcast. Make sure you go check out the awesome shirts over at ProWrestlingTees.com slash OKFabe. Of course, also brought to you by Pro Wrestling Loot, the amazing monthly subscription service that brings a box of Pro Wrestling goodies straight to your front door. Should have an unboxing video sometime happening next week on the YouTube channel, so make sure you keep your eyes and ears for that, all for under 20 bucks straight to your door. You guys have seen my unboxing videos right here on the YouTube channel I do every month. Most of the collectibles you see behind me come from Pro Wrestling Luda. I mean, hell, I've gotten shirts, masks, even beef jerky. Kind of crazy to think about that. But anyway, if you head over to ProVisionLoot.com, use the coupon code OKFABE, that's O-K-A-Y-F-A-B-E, you save yourself 10% off of that first month's box. So what are you guys waiting for? ProVisionLoot.com, use that coupon code OKFABE, and get yourself 10% off of the first month's box. Now, we've got so much stuff to cover. we got Raw results. we got SmackDown results. I've got news that came just today, uh, some big ones, uh, about Linda McMahon, about Lita. I've got stuff about, um, i got a rant that I want to talk to you guys about as far as uh, championships on Raw. Specifically, my thoughts as far as the United States Championship. Major news as far as uh, possible pay-per-view returning. John Cena's current run in WWE and the worry going around his 2017 run. Of course, NXT and of course the big one. Uh, also, Matt Hardy showing up at Final Battle in Ring of Honor. More details as far as what's that going to go down and all that stuff. Oh boy, oh boy, howdy, we got a lot of things to cover in this week's episode, so I appreciate you guys tuning in and really checking it out. If you guys haven't done so already, I did do a extra edition of the podcast uh, covering tables, ladders, and chairs, full thoughts and results on that. Make sure you go back and check it out again. Those are all available in the audio formats, iTunes, Stitcher Radio, SoundCloud, TuneIn, of course, right also on the YouTube channel. If you want to see this ugly mug for some time, dear God, if you want to see that, that's, you just... God bless you for wanting to do that. All right, guys, let's get right into it. I'm not going to cover too much of TLC because obviously uh, we did that obviously in the extra edition of the podcast. So uh, I don't want to really to repeat myself too, too much, even though I kind of already do on a pretty semi-regular basis. But anyway, let's talk some Monday Night Raw with y'all. Uh, Raw overall was, uh, it wasn't horrible show, but there were obviously some segments and, and some things about that I did want to talk to you guys about. Of course, uh, we're heading into Roadblock, which is the last uh, 
brand exclusive pay-per-view of 2016. It's the last one that it will be featuring all the superstars from Monday Night Raw. As of this recording, three matches have been announced. Of course, the Universal Championship between Roman Reigns and Kevin Owens, Chris Jericho against Seth Rollins, and a Iron Man match. 30-minute Iron Man match between Charlotte and Sasha Banks for the Women's Championship. Oh, don't worry. We're going to get into that a little bit later. First and foremost, uh, the show did kick off with uh, Kevin Owens, and the theme was around it was he was trying to make things up to Chris Jericho. And one of the ways he did that was putting Seth Rollins in a match, and they opened the whole thing up. And a returning Big Show came back to uh, the fold. Big Show, who looked like he is probably the slimmest I've ever seen him, and mounting a beard that only the Wyatt family could be truly proud of. I... Okay, cool, whatever. I mean, ultimately, Big Show turned babyface and heel in the exact same moment. So that's probably the quickest swerve I think Big Show has ever done. It's really bizarre. I mean, he kind of thought he was heel at first, and all of a sudden he just changed things up, and he just decides to, you know, screw this because Kevin Owens yelling at him the whole time. And Big Show, you know, decides to knock out Kevin Owens and decides to give him Kevin Owens as a present. Seth pedigrees him, and that's that. Ah, I mean... I think Big Show's usage has been kind of done and over with. I mean, we haven't seen him on TV in God knows how long. I think since WrestleMania, now that I actually think about it. So, I mean, you know, Big Show's kind of transitioning on his way out, which, um, you know, can be good or bad depending on how you want to utilize it. I was mentioning last week on the podcast that the plans in uh, on house shows were for him to do body slam challenges with Braun Strowman. So I'll at least take this over that. That's for, for damn sure. So that, that's okay. I'm fine with that one. But obviously they were teasing the whole Kevin Owens, Chris Jericho breakup uh, for a while now. But it seems like they're really trying to push that really hard this past week on Raw. Of course, Jericho still pissed off at Kevin Owens from the week before. Uh, and just this whole fallout. I mean... I thought they were going to possibly pull the trigger on Kevin Owens and Chris Jericho, maybe at WrestleMania. Um, but, you know, maybe that's not a WrestleMania-esque type of match as far as, like, big headline, especially for the Universal Championship. I think with the eminent return of Finn Balor, it would make the most sense to, uh, you know, to have Finn Balor ultimately come back in time just to challenge Kevin Owens for the Universal Championship. Kind of like, you know, nice segue because, you know, they never really faced off against each other, of course, and Finn never lost the title and just, you know, all these other different circumstances. And plus, it just, again, just seems to make the more sense for me. Uh, and there was rumors that did break that, unfortunately, Finn Balor will not be cleared in time to make it for the Royal Rumble. And WrestleMania is a possibility still. It's not 100% if he's going to be able to make WrestleMania. I hope he does, because I think that would make WrestleMania just that much more awesome. But you can't rule anything out yet with the Demon King, uh, Finn Balor. Also, this week, we did see... Uh, Emelina is going to be debuting next week. Uh, please, for the love, please, please, can this be a swerve? I don't ask for many swerves in this world, but please, can this be a swerve? I don't want to see Emelina. I don't, I really don't understand this. There was nothing wrong with the Emma character that she was when she was a heel with the black glove and the black lipstick and the, and the aviators. I thought that was really cool. It was a revamp of her totally. And then they take her off TV because she was injured. And because of that, they want to repackage her as like... Eva Marie of, of Raw? Why? That makes no sense to me. I mean, they, they could... I think they're going to utilize her in a strong role, but I just... Obviously, a lot of us are just souring on the character, especially in a time where we're having such a women's revolution with the women in, in WWE. It just seems to be so ass-backwards to have them just pull this character out of their butt. It just It's very odd. It's very bizarre. Uh, but speaking of odd and bizarre, the Enzo Amore segment with Lana this week... Uh, Sorry, folks. This had me in stitches. This this was really making me laugh. And a lot of people said it was very Attitude Era-esque. You guys don't know what the hell I'm talking about. Lana Rusev having an argument on Raw uh, publicly where Enzo decides to interrupt things. Lana's saying that she doesn't appreciate him, blah, 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 blah. So she tries to you know, um, basically seduce Enzo uh, in order to have <laughs> in order to have uh, La- Rusev show that he appreciates her more than Rusev appreciates Lana. This, of course, invites this whole thing where she's like texting him a picture of her and and inviting her to the hotel room, and then Enzo gets a <laughs> Enzo gets a, a limousine from Ric Flair to go to the hotel. <laughs> it's just it's just funny stuff. Excuse me. It was just funny, and of course, the ultimate setup where Lana basically portrays him with his pants around his ankles, and Rusev beats the unover unholy hell of him. It just. It was really funny stuff, and and it, you know a lot of people can say the you know the, the Enzo and Cash shtick is kind of tiring and stupid, but honestly, how could you not love Enzo? I mean, even if you like, even if you think it's like slightly annoying, 
you can't just there's just something about that Enzo charm. It's it's different from the New Day. Like the New Day is just over the top ridiculous, and they're just having their fun. But Enzo is just like that just that charming guy where he just comes out like these these crazy one-liners and just really like how could you not love Enzo Amore I'm serious like I I I just can't like there's no way I couldn't appreciate the guy and I just thought the whole thing was well done I don't I want to know where the payoff is going to be that's my big concern because I mean are they going to do I don't think they're going to do a handicap match I think it's all leading to you know Cass versus Rusev because obviously they're looking to push big Cass and if you don't believe me on that, I mean, if, don't forget, folks, Cass was one of the original Fatal 4-Way for the Universal Championship when Finn Balor relinquished the title. It was Owens, it was Cass, it was Rollins, it was Reigns. So, I mean, ultimately, I think they are looking to push big Cass. And considering that Enzo obviously looks like he poses absolutely zero threat against, um, against Rusev, I mean, it just makes the more sense in the world. Plus, they were going to pull that trigger on Raw. You can just push it a week and just put it under roadblock. It makes a nice little subcard feud. That's fine by me. I am worried about Rusev in general, though. I think that Rusev, uh, Rusev's role as the top mid-card heel with the United States Championship, and I'm going to get into a rant about the U.S. title later on in the, in the show, but um, it, it does worry me a little bit about Rusev because he had such a strong run. And he puts on good matches. If you don't believe me, go back and look at his body line of work. And I, I didn't I didn't appreciate what Rusev could do until, honestly, and this is going to be the real ironic twist here, is until he had his feud with Roman Reigns. And it really showed me, like, oh, he can really put some matches together. He can really kick some ass out there. Like, oh, my God. And to have such a talent like that who you could position in the Universal Championship if you just know how to book it properly – because I feel like we're having the same conversation over on SmackDown with somebody else, which I'll get to later on. Um, I just, it does, it, it, it's like, okay, he's, he's just going to float there, like, a little bit? Like, he's just going to float around in the mid-card? It just seems such a waste. He's he's kicked so much ass, he's put in the hard effort. I hope I see Rusev, maybe not Universal Champion yet, but I mean, I could see him challenging for it. If you put the belt back on Roman, which I hope to God they don't, I could see Rusev... You know, possibly challenging for the uh, for the top championship if a babyface holds the title. I mean, I'd, I'd be totally fine with that. I don't think he's going to win it, but I think it'd be an interesting storyline. I think it'd be I think it'd be well deserving. I think Rusev needs to focus on the Universal Championship. Uh, we also had a tussle in Texas between Titus O'Neil and Mark Henry. What the hell, folks? What the hell's going on here? What 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 in what in like? Ugh. What the hell is this? They were promoting this like it was a big time like main event when it was a match that I said on Twitter they put as much effort into promoting the match as the length of the match itself. The match was ended in like I don't know what like 10 seconds after a world strongest slam it was Titus O'Neil against Mark Henry, but they were promoting it like it was the biggest thing. I I would have loved to have seen Michael Cole, Corey Graves and Byron Saxton cuz they were like they were on commentary like hyping this thing up like it was the biggest thing in the world. And I'm like what the hell is this? Like it's just a random just out of nowhere unless I'm like missing something from Superstars or Main Event. Oh wait, I'm not because that sh- both of those shows got canceled. Uh, like what <laughs> What, I don't understand why this is such a big deal. It just ran them. I mean, okay, Mark Henry's from Silsby, Texas, and they were in Texas this week, and I understand that Mark always gets a huge pop. That's that's fine, but don't don't insult our intelligence and, and thinking this is a huge deal when literally you've promoted it. You didn't even promote it at the beginning of Raw. You didn't even promote it. You promoted it right before the, the match even happened. But they but I loved how Michael Cole and, and Corey Graves' enthusiasm and Byron Saxon was like, this is the biggest match ever. I've been looking forward to this all night. Yeah! Like, I, I, But they didn't show them on camera. They just showed the graphic, and I wish I could have seen, like, they just, I don't know, it, just, it's, it reminded me of when Michael Cole was in NXT and he just didn't give a shit about the commentary. Like, he was just like, riveting action! Like, my, if you haven't seen Michael Cole's commentary in NXT, and I'm not talking the current version, I mean, like, I think it was season three when him and Punk just didn't give a shit, and they were just such hams and such heels. It was great stuff. Whatever people want to say about Michael Cole, his run as a heel commentator and that little thing was absolutely hilarious. But I think that that was the kind of attention they gave this whole thing as far as just like, just being such like hams about the thing. It was just, ah, just dumb. I'm sorry. Like, it's not the fact that you're having a match between Mark Henry and Titus O'Neil. It's the fact that you're trying to promote it and hype it to making this big deal when literally you've given it the same amount of attention that you put into the match. 
And we wonder why Raw in three hours isn't working, folks. Anywho, ending segment of the show was between Charlotte making a public apology to her father, the Nature Boy, Ric Flair. Of course, Ric Flair, as my hair is getting all messed up here, uh, Ric Flair, you know, endorsing Sasha after she beat Charlotte last week in the False Count Anywhere matchup to become a three-time women's champion. Of course, uh, she comes out to make a public apology, and of course, exactly what happens. She apologizes and then slaps the hell out of Ric Flair. How dare you do this? Blah, 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 blah. Sasha comes out. They brawl and just... Oy vey. Um, of course, beforehand, Sasha makes the challenge, and I'm pretty sure they made the match official. A 30-minute Iron Woman Man, Women's Maidens match. 30-man Iron Man match for the Women's Championship. Going to be happening at Roblox uh, between Sasha and Charlotte. Okay, first and foremost, let's talk about that match at Roblox. As much as I don't think they need to do this because a lot of people think Sasha and Charlotte has been beaten into the ground, and I'm kind of on the same boat with them at this point, if there, this has got to be it. I thought Hell in a Cell was the absolute peak and pinnacle as far as the women's division goes. But realistically, if you're gonna do one match to trump that, the only matchup I could possibly think of would be the Iron Man match. That's the only one you could possibly do. I think they should do the 60 minute Broadway if they're really gonna beat this thing and just absolutely like just kill it dead. But I guess 30 minutes will do, do suffice. Plus, it will kill some time as far as the pay-per-view goes. So it's kind of a win-win in that column from like you know, looking at it from a budgeting of, uh, of timing a show standpoint. Uh, and I also joked on Twitter when during Raw, I said, listen, if, if, if this better be it because otherwise we're going to have some barbed wire involved in the next one. And I just don't think this is it. Um, I still think that Sasha should keep the championship at this point. Although it's, it's just bizarre to me that the fact that, you know, and this is the part that really kind of makes me scratch my head more than anything. I'm kind of fine to an extent with Sasha Charlotte. I am a little sick of it like you guys mostly are. But I guess the real part that just kind of, you know, is a little thorn in my side is the fact that Charlotte attacked Bailey after Survivor Series. And pretty much everyone thought, yours truly included, that this was an automatic setup for Bailey versus Charlotte. And obviously they swerved us and they're going in a completely different direction. But I think they're also kind of teasing the Sasha Bailey thing, which I said back in like around SummerSlam, was that they need to build up to ultimately having Sasha versus Bailey one on one for the women's championship and turn Sasha heel. That boss character is heel 110%. The only reason is, and, and I'm sorry to say this, but man, Charlotte's a great heel. Like she really is. She has stepped up her game tremendously as far as being a heel goes. Just fantastic job. Uh, so it's going to be hard to t follow that act, and it's really going to be hard to see exactly where they're going to go with Charlotte. Maybe they might pull, you know, Dana Brooke out and 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 turn her babyface. Finally, I have no idea. But uh, I think that what's going to happen is you're going to have Sasha win finally end this whole thing. She's going to have a in-between program with Nia Jax because remember they teased that thing back three weeks ago and they still, it's, it's exactly the same like the Bailey thing. Like, you know, Charlotte attacks Bailey, nothing comes of it. Nia Jax wants to prove herself against Sasha. We haven't seen Nia Jax since. It's just, it's it's loophole booking and, and Swiss cheese booking that I don't really like where they plant. And WWE's done this before. They plant a seed for something and then they just, they forget about it and they just go off in a different direction. And that's just the part that just, Got, got me an eye roll on that one. So I think the ending segment, and, and the, ending, the only real complaint I have about the whole ending segment is the fact that Ric Flair is not necessary. He's not. He's extra added to the cake, and I hope that he doesn't get tied into this and we see Ric Flair like accompanying Sasha at ringside. I don't. Ric Flair was just added gravy onto the whole thing at the end of because they were in Charlotte, North Carolina, obviously. I just hope that they don't. It, it's not needed. Ric Flair at this point, God bless him. I love him. Flair is one of my favorite wrestlers of all time, but we don't need him. We don't need him involved at this point anymore. They did that. If they're just doing that just to continue the feud to get us to the Iron Man match, which is now, what, a week and a half away? Fine. But I don't want to have Ric Flair involved with this. These two neat women need to stand on their own, especially now, because there's, again... I think the Hell in the Cell should have been the, 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 the end-all, be-all, but screw it. If we're going to do it, we're going to go all out. We're going to go balls to the wall. The only other match I could possibly think of that could pull that off 
would be the Iron Man match. That's the only one I could possibly think of. But again, want to know what you guys think about this down in the comment section here. Let me know on the social media and Facebook and Twitter what you guys thought of Raw this week overall. We got one more week until Roadblock. Uh, I'm curious to see what other matches they're going to pull out there. Uh, and again, New Day is defending the championships in a three-way next week against both uh, Cesaro and Sheamus and the club. If New Day is able to walk out of Raw, I believe they will have broken the tag team championships, provided they don't. Uh, lose the tag team titles at a house show or something. I still think the Revival should debut and kick their asses and take the championships. That's just me. I said this last week. You guys can watch the whole shtick on that. But uh, a lot of people, I think a lot of you guys said that you think Cesaro and Sheamus is going to walk out as the winners in this one. Wouldn't be surprised. I mean, that they, they, their matchup the week uh, after Survivor Series was just, just uh Amazing! It was so well done. So I hope they get the tag team title shots. I'd love to see them as tag team champions. It would be something of a different shakeup. Uh, but again, I don't think New Day is going to break up anytime soon. So I'm very, I got my eyes on, on New Day and the tag team division on Monday Night Raw. With that being said, let's change up the gears, folks. Let's go blue brand as we head over to SmackDown Live following the fallout from Tables, Ladders, and Chairs, TLC. James Ellsworth. Yeah, apparently, he's got the greatest gig ever, folks. Jesus. I mean, seriously. He, he's He's been so over, it's been insane. Not just the t-shirt, the whole Dean Ambrose thing, but I mean, it, it, just, it, it, it was like the James Ellsworth show, in my opinion, this week on SmackDown. But there were a lot of things about SmackDown that I did truly enjoy. Uh, a lot of filler. You know, we had two matches revolving around the tag team division, which I'm going to get to in a little bit. Uh, but James Ellsworth basically, you know, screwed at Dean Ambrose once again. Dean getting an ultimate Intercontinental Championship match after a blow-off on Miz TV. Of course, uh, James Ellsworth trying to just help because Maurice getting a distraction. So James Ellsworth gets the red gun, you know, gets the, you know, Caught with, uh, caught with everything. Dean gets pissed off, gets distracted. Uh, Skull-crushing finale. And Miz retains the Intercontinental Championship. I mean, the only thing I could possibly think of at this point they're going to do is they're leading up to a moment where it's like Dean Ambrose versus James Ellsworth in like a street fight or something like that. Because I, I don't know what the payoff's going to be. I really don't. I think that with, you know, I, I think AJ, I think they're going to have one more AJ Dean fight. I think they gotta have at least one more. Do I want to see it? No, but I think they're gonna do at least one more. And I still think really strongly that Undertaker is gonna show up. I really do. I think Taker, because um, Taker has been reported, you know, talking and looking in great shape. I the rumor is pretty strong, and that we're gonna see Taker and AJ at the Royal Rumble, which I think is just genius. It's another big time match that you can use to really make this year's Royal Rumble look that damn good. Um, it's just very bizarre. Like it, I don't. I'm very concerned in general about the main event scene for uh, SmackDown, as I'm going to talk about later on about John Cena's status update, uh, because there's a lot of concern about what his calendar is going to look like in 2017. Apparently, he's missing the Elimination Chamber pay-per-view. We're going to get all that a little later on. So, I mean, John Cena is MIA right now, which, understandably, he's got a lot of projects, a lot of things on his plate. He's doing a lot of Outside Avengers. Hell, he's hosting Saturday Night Live this coming Saturday, and I don't know about you guys, but I'm going to try uh, my best to definitely watch this week's Saturday Night Live. Um, but, uh, you know, you, know you, got, you, you got Randy Orton and Bray Wyatt as the tag team champions. Uh, you really just have AJ and Dean. Those are the only drawing factors. So unless you call up like Dolph Ziggler back into the world title scene, it's it's pretty spread thin. So I think Taker coming back uh, to challenge for the world title, even if it's just for one pay-per-view, even if it's just for the Royal Rumble, I think would be fine. It's just how everything else is going to get shuffled around. And, you know, honestly, that was the major concern going into the draft this year. You know, SmackDown, when a lot of people said SmackDown got hosed as far as the champion, as far as the uh, the roster, I mean, it's really thin. If you look at comparison to, obviously, Monday Night Raw that has much deeper, uh, you know, depths in their roster and compared to different divisions. But, I mean, jeez, like, you take Dean out of the championship picture and it's like, what's, what's, what's AJ got left? He's got James Ellsworth apparently next week, but it's like... I don't know. It's it's a little crazy. It's a little concerning. And, and while I think adding James Ellsworth was a smart move as far as you know stretching out storylines are concerned, it's got me worried about like what's going to happen. Not just you know. I think they. I think in general they can be okay to WrestleMania, but after that, I mean, eesh. I don't know. I'm a little. I'm a little worried about that one. But what I'm definitely not worried about is the tag team division uh, over on SmackDown. I mean, you know, we saw on Talking Smack as I pretty much thought was going to happen. Uh, Heath Slater and Rhino look like they're done. 
I figured that once Heath Slater and Rhino lose the tag team championships, which of course they did at TLC to Wyatt's and again at a rematch at the beginning of SmackDown, that they would be done. Because the, the gimmick of the whole thing, and, and while I appreciate it and loved it, you know, I think the Heath Slater thing has kind of run its course. They did tease this on Talking Smack where Rhino's like, you know, well, I didn't think I was, you know, I didn't know I was going to be wrestling by myself out there. I didn't think I was going to be alone. And then Slater and Rhino kind of teasing some dissension between the two. I could probably see a mini program between the two of them. Uh, honestly, maybe even like something at the Royal Rumble where the two of them are in the Rumble match. But I kind of saw the writing on the wall. But, I mean, if you, the, the tag team division's pretty well stacked. And it's it's funny because you're replacing one random tag team with essentially another random tag team. I mean, who would have thought Bray Wyatt and Randy Orton would be tag team champions on SmackDown? It's just bizarre, but at the same time, it's the most intriguing thing. Which, by the way, fun fact, they did announce on WWE.com that apparently they are going to be instituting the Freebird rule as they are recognizing Luke Harper as also a SmackDown tag team champion, which is obvious considering the way that, you know, they were handing Harper the championships at TLC and also on, on SmackDown as well, too. But, um, you know, with with Randy Orton and Bray Wyatt, they put the belts on them to give the credibility, uh, to give the SmackDown Tag Team Championships credibility, which I think is a smart move. Uh, I think it's a genius move. And more importantly, it also sets up two things. Not only does it set up, once again, the ultimate turn uh, when Randy Orton eventually does turn on the Wyatt family, because I think it's something we all know is eventually going to happen. But it also helps set up whatever major tag team is going to be dethroning them. Now, the rumor is that American Alpha will be the ones next in line, or at least that was the rumor before we headed into SmackDown. But apparently it looks like they're changing things up as they've been really pushing the hype bros lately. And if you've heard on commentary and watched a couple of their interviews, you noted the fact that the hype bros were basically mentioning that they want to go after um, the Wyatts. So while I think that maybe American Alpha will be the ultimate team to ultimately dethrone the Wyatts, maybe we might see the hype bros challenge for the tag team titles uh, down the road, maybe even at the Rumble. Although I think it would be kind of cruel to have the Wyatts not in the Rumble and they maybe have that be the moment where you plant the seeds and have like... You know, Randy Orton eliminate both Bray Wyatt and Luke Harper, uh, something like that, and then kind of tease the dissension from there. But anyway, I'm just kind of, you know, thinking out loud here. Uh, the Intercontinental Championship scene, uh, you know, again, main event was uh, Dean Ambrose versus uh, The Miz. No sign of Dolph Ziggler. Kind of curious what they're going to do with him. Like I was mentioning, maybe jumping him in the main event scene, but not a whole lot of major stuff coming out of SmackDown. Baron Corbin, Kalisto rematch. Fantastic. Really loving Baron Corbin. I am definitely officially on the Baron Corbin bandwagon. I almost botched that one totally and completely. But uh, I think that Corbin's really killing it right now on SmackDown. Really curious to see where they're going to go with him. They did. There was rumors that they might be feuding with John Cena. But again, we'll, we'll talk more about John Cena's uh, schedule in just a little bit. But I don't know what the hell they're going to go with this. Uh, but I'd love to see me some Corbin in the main event scene. Do I think he's ready yet? That's debatable, but I just the, the curiosity in me. I really want to see like how he would hang with the big boys, and I think it was it would would have been a smarter idea to keep him with the you know the top tier guys on SmackDown during the Survivor Series team. Not that I was against Shane being in the team, but I think Corbin uh, would have been a better uh, fit to at least kind of again show them in the same bracket of the. Top tier guys on SmackDown. But that's just my opinion, of course. I want to hear what you guys think over in the comments section, Twitter, Facebook. You guys know the whole deal. All right, let's switch gears here real quick to, uh, of course, I'm going to talk in some major news. Let's go to NXT. Since it is recording this on a Wednesday, uh, NXT just wrapped up. And I know, apologize, usually I have these shows out on Wednesdays. I think now, though, in general, I think I'm going to lean more towards doing these on to, you know, Wednesday nights and putting them up on Thursdays. Just because, you know, just from today alone, I think three pieces of, uh, three or four pieces of big news kind of, well, not big news, but news broke and I always love talking to you guys about anything I possibly can that pertains to that so let's talk some NXT real quick of course the big news coming out of this past weekend Shinsuke Nakamura on December 3rd defeated Samoa Joe to regain the NXT championship live from Osaka Japan the match aired on NXT this past week uh, phenomenal classic between the two these guys never put on a bad match against each other but of course this now makes Shinsuke Nakamura the second two-time NXT champion uh, now of course with that being said there are tons of rumors and news going around, but let me get to the facts first before we get into the rumors. Of course, the big rumor is now that, uh, well, the big news is the fact that apparently this coming uh, Thursday, actually today, you know, 
Thursday, December 8th, there will be a rematch, the quote-unquote final encounter between the two of them, between Shinsuke Nakamura and Samoa Joe for the NXT Championship inside a steel cage. Now, there's a lot of things to cover about this, so this might go into some spoiler territory, so I'm warning you guys in advance. NXT, of course, is known for taping a lot of television in weeks in advance, and one of the matches they taped was a number one contenders match for the NXT Championship, and Bobby Roode was the one who won that. So it seems that they're naturally putting together Shinsuke Nakamura versus Bobby Roode for most likely the NXT TakeOver San Antonio, which is, of course, the one that happens right before the Royal Rumble or the day before the Royal Rumble. Now, that being said, there's a lot, a lot of rumors and speculations now that, of course, Samoa Joe is due any minute now to debut onto the main roster. A lot of people are saying it's going to be right before the Rumble. Some people are going to say it's going to be at the Rumble. Some people say, I'm not kidding you, it's going to be in the Rumble. I mean, it's it's just, it's just in crazy. Um, you know, they... It, I'd love to see Samoa Joe on the main roster. Do not get me wrong. And while I selfishly would love to see him on SmackDown and think, as I was mentioning earlier, having him on SmackDown would help maybe alleviate some of that main roster or main top-tier talent is concerned as far as the lack of depth, I think Raw would be a little bit of a better fit in some regards, and I'm not sure exactly why. Maybe just a fresh and change things up. But I think Samoa Joe on the main roster is definitely inevitable, and I would definitely put money down on the fact that I think we're going to see Samoa Joe very, very soon on the main roster. Again, no word on whether he's going to Raw or SmackDown yet, but apparently things with Nakamura are wrapping up soon as far as I could recall from what I saw from the NXT spoilers, we have not seen Nakamura, or excuse me, Samoa Joe featured in any of those. I could be wrong, but I don't think Joe was, it was in any of the future tapings. So I think this might be the last hoorah for Samoa Joe, and we might see the Samoan submission machine very soon on the main roster. Now, real quick, a couple of fun little mini pieces of news here. Tajiri apparently making a full-time return to WWE. He tweeted out something cryptic, but eventually mentioned that he would be coming back to the company full-time. It's quite unclear what exactly he would be doing, but my instantly thought is put him on 205 Live, of course, to help booster the cruiserweights. Uh, really quick on 205 Live this week, not a whole lot to talk about. Noam Dar looking great, but of course, starting a segment apparently with Cedric Alexander over Alicia Fox, because apparently Alicia Fox and Cedric Alexander are dating now. I mean, Okay, sure, fine, why not? Um, and also the main event saw Rich Swan successfully retain the Cruiserweight Championship against Brian Kendrick in his rematch clause, but we did see some uh, sneakiness with TJ Perkins and some like altercations between the three. My money's calling it right now, triple threat roadblock for the Cruiserweight title, Swan, Perkins, and Kendrick, which those three are going to absolutely tear the house down. But I think Tajiri coming back to the company is nothing but a good thing. I think that obviously what we saw from him in the Cruiserweight Classic, uh, that he obviously still has it. He still has whatever, you know, he never lost it. He still has fantastic ability and a lot to offer the company in multiple ways, maybe even as an NXT trainer. But it looks like he's going to be back on the main roster. But I definitely think that having him on the Cruiserweight show, 205 Live, would be a step in the right direction. I wanted you guys to think about Tajiri returning to the company. Um, but when one person comes in, one person comes out. It was reported earlier today that a lot of changes happened with WWE as far as their programming is concerned. Apparently, WWE has decided to no longer be producing WWE Superstars and WWE Main Event, which is, of course, the two uh, lesser-known shows for Raw and SmackDown, and they're also getting rid of the pre-shows for Raw and SmackDown as well, too. Now, this may not seem like a huge deal, and a lot of you guys are probably thinking, oh, thank God, but unfortunately, it also meant that one of the panel members is also no longer working with the company. Apparently, Amy Dumas, also known as the WWE Hall of Famer Lita, is no longer working with WWE. Apparently, Jim Ross saying that he went out to make a statement to Amy about uh, her situation with the company, assuming that she was on a Legends contract. But unfortunately, that's not the case doesn't really come as too much of a surprise for me as far as her departing the company. Uh, I was under the assumption that JR was, that she was under a Legends contract, then she'd be still used in some capacity. I even heard something about her, she was helping with the creative process as far as backstage, and especially obviously involving uh, the women's division. I guess I'm completely wrong on that one. But it looks like Amy, unfortunately, or Lita, is unfortunately no longer working with WWE. Now, I did mention to you guys that I wanted to kind of go on a rant here about the uh, about championships, specifically the U.S. title. 
Uh, of course, the big one question is, will Roman Reigns, the current U.S. champion, win the Universal Championship at Roadblock? So the reason I bring this up is because of some backstage news and some uh, gossip goodies, as you could say. Apparently, the original plans for the pay-per-view Roadblock and a title was to have Roman and Owens' feud be pushed until the Royal Rumble, a little bit later on, where the winner would be holding and defending the title until WrestleMania 33, whoever that may be. However, what's interesting is that they've not only booked the Roadblock pay-per-view with this matchup, but have also been booking how shows with this one with Owens mostly losing at these house shows some of which have been for the universal I'm excuse me the United States championship not the universal title there's concern that WWE might be pushing Reigns uh, into top spots again and if they pull the trigger roadblock there might be some complications considering that it's happening in Pennsylvania which is there excuse me in Philly which is the exact same location where he won the Royal Rumble two years ago and they booed him out of the effing building I can see the concern. I, I, overall, I'm, I'm more pissed off than the fact of their utilization of the United States Championship. That's really the bottom dollar. Look, I'm fine with Roman Reigns being U.S. Champion. That's not my concern. I think, actually, in all honesty, the U.S. Championship is probably the best thing for him at this state in his career right now. He had the top tier. He fell off for obvious reasons. He's back on this pathway, and I'm actually fine with him being U.S. Champion. What I'm not fine with is the way that the United States Championship has been treated. As I was mentioning before, I thought that Roman Reigns and Rusev's feud and rivalry was actually really, really good. Um, despite people's general thoughts of Roman Reigns, I thought that the matches and the rivalry that Roman and Rusev had uh, was pretty well entertaining, even though, ironically, I keep mentioning the fact that... <clears throat> Roman was more of a heel than Rusev was in that entire thing. If you really like go back and look at the whole rivalry between Roman Reigns and Rusev, it was really more Roman being a heel than Rusev if you really kind of break things down. But I digress. Uh, the U.S. title is really the thing that pisses me off. So they have these, the two of them have these epic encounters between the two of them and really kind of start to bring up a little bit of that U.S. nostalgia and the United States Championship, you know, uh, uh, like uh, value, especially at a time and day where the U.S. Championship is really not what it's worth anymore. It's it's really not the same level of prestige it once was. Hopefully, and my thought was the same on this one, <clears throat> that the keeping the U.S. Championship on a separate show, obviously U.S. title on Raw, Intercontinental on SmackDown, would maybe help booster and bolster the United States Championship ultimate, you know, uh, value. And it was starting to do that. And I think Rusev getting it back was a huge proponent of that. Granted, it's just like somebody hitting the reset button from 2012. But hey, listen, there's a rebuilding period. It's a brand's extension. You need to build Raw and you need to build Roman, or excuse me, you need to build Rusev. And you need to build the United States Championship. And I think that despite the fact that Rusev lost it, I think he did a fantastic job really trying to make and elevate that United States Championship. That being said... Roman, who's now the champion after this long, hard, far battle, instead of willing to defend the U.S. championship, and I say that, you know, with air quotations, obviously it's written to the fact, but he's instantly going towards the Universal Championship rather than trying to build the prestige and legacy of the United States Championship that he just won. And the real part thing that really irks me more than anything else, and of course I mentioned this to you guys last week, is the fact that he holds it, throws it over his shoulder like a continental soldier. No, 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 no. And rather than trying to capitalize on Roman regaining his popularity and maybe having a mid-card heel that could possibly challenge him for the U.S. Championship, which I realistically don't think they have, unless you want to count Braun Strowman, there's really no one else for him to challenge. And I guess that's really the part that irks me more than anything else as far as to just don't, they don't seem to really think, to me they don't seem to think long-term. I really don't know what the style of writing is for WWE. I don't know how they write. I don't know what they write. I don't know what they're what they're building towards half the time. And I think that's the problem is that I don't know. And I feel like a lot of the times examples like this and moments like this and other aspects of, of, of both Raw and SmackDown make me think they don't write long term. They write week to week to week to week, maybe to a pay-per-view build, to an ultimate pay-per-view match. But I and that's the stuff I miss, folks. It really is. The stuff I miss is really more than anything else is, you know, the long-term booking of WWE, planting seeds and put, actually, you know, going through with stuff. Granted, they're kind of planting seeds for stuff, and, and it's hard to tell whether it's inadvertent or not, but like, oh, yeah, we, we did this back there and just pulled that back in and just, 
don't know. It makes me worried and question a little bit sometimes about WWE booking. But anyway, uh, real quick, another couple of fun notes. As I was mentioning, canceled main event, superstars, uh, and of course the Raw and SmackDown pre-shows. But guess what is coming back, ladies and gentlemen? The Elimination Chamber pay-per-view is returning. Rumor has been speculated that the Chamber will be coming back to a pay-per-view in February. But of course, the bigger question is, which brand will it belong to? Currently, Fastlane is still slated to happen in February as well. And as of this writing, it appears that Raw will have Fastlane and SmackDown will have the Elimination Chamber. Um, <clears throat> I love me some Chamber. I think the Chamber, I think, though, is unfortunate because it's just like a lot of these other gimmick pay-per-views where you it it, you, it depreciates it depreciates the value of the gimmick match itself when you anticipate when that gimmick match is happening. It doesn't feel special where it's like every year we're going to have this. Um, I feel like the chamber's been watered down lately. I don't know if I feel the same way. I don't know if you guys feel the same way as I do uh, in thinking that, you know, the chamber uh, doesn't have the same uh, value that it once had. And maybe that's just me. Maybe it's because it's oversaturation. Maybe it's because... Again, we get one almost every single year, but I think definitely SmackDown would be benefit of, of that one. Although, part of me also thinks Raw would, would have a better shot of it too. And ultimately, it makes me think, you know, maybe Raw will win the Royal Rumble. I have no freaking clue, but it's definitely something to keep an eye and ear open for. Uh, John Cena. His schedule for 2017 is looking concerning for WWE. Apparently, there's a lot of backstage news about John Cena and his uh, current frustration with the role with the company, particularly how he is working, of course, uh, you know, more dates compared to Bill Goldberg and Brock Lesnar. And uh, their pay rates, of course, much different compared to his. On top of that, the company is also concerned about John Cena as well, too, because of the fact that, well, he's been offering a lot of outside projects, movies and stuff like that, too. Uh, and he's not has as much time for the company as he would like. And considering, like I was mentioning before, about SmackDown's current state as far as the main roster goes and the main event status or, you know, the, the, the depth of the main event, the world title division. Uh, it's hard to see and, and start to see that John Cena's calendar for 2017 is filling up pretty quickly outside of the company. Uh, this has got me really, really worried. And the only reason I say that is because what I was alluding to earlier about SmackDown's main roster, about the main top-tier division. I mean, you don't have a whole lot of depth. And John Cena going to SmackDown I thought was a much commendable and very uh, very big. And I think it was very smart because they could, you know, uh, have some stemming feuds off from John Cena. John Cena could easily make people, as I was mentioning before too, you know, Baron Corbin was a name that was tossed around a lot as far as uh, as far as that goes. But I think that Cena, you know, it, it, the other part of me thinks is Cena kind of a hypocrite in some ways because, of course, he was mentioning about, you know, think back to the whole thing with The Rock. The Rock had this, you know, long, you know, they had this long-stemming feud because Rock kept disappearing for various outside roles, and it seems like Cena's kind of doing the same thing. But um, I think, you know, ultimately, I think, you know, having any outside eyes on the product for WWE is obviously good because it gives, you know, WWE more exposure. But at the same time, it does hurt their roster a little bit, again, particularly SmackDown because of how thin those rosters are. So it's a little troubling, a little concerning. But as far as we know, I think John Cena will be making it back in time for the Royal Rumble, not making it in time for the February pay-per-view, but ultimately will be back in time for WrestleMania 33, possibly against a WrestleMania opponent like The Undertaker for WrestleMania 33. But who the hell knows at this point? Oh, geez, that's a mouthful. All right, guys, we're going to switch things up a little bit more. Linda McMahon, of course, in the news, the big blockbuster, big blockbuster uh, news that came out earlier today. Apparently, Linda McMahon has been selected by Donald Trump or will be selected by Donald Trump to be the executive role for, I believe, it's uh, small businesses or new businesses uh, for the Trump cabinet. Are you guys really that surprised? Like, I'm not into politics whatsoever. I'm not. I don't, I don't follow. I don't care because, obviously, that's just a whole... That's a powder keg waiting to happen. I've already got people arguing with me about wrestling on the internet. I don't want to. I do not. Don't want to touch that with a ten foot pole. But are you guys really that surprised? I mean, obviously Trump and, Mc, and, and Vince McMahon are, are are extremely close friends. Trump, the president elect, the Hall of Famer in WWE. It's really not that big a deal. Or it's not really that big surprising that Linda, you know, who apparently ultimately also helped funded the Trump campaign and some uh, some contributions. I don't know the amount. I'm not going to ask questions on that. But I mean, are you guys really that surprised in the end? I mean, seriously, it's it's not. Doesn't seem like that. You know, it's not really that. 
surprising to me that Linda would be involved, or at least partially considered to be involved. I mean, hell, there was rumors before that Vince McMahon was on the ballot to possibly be uh, Trump's vice president-elect. Can you imagine that? Can you really imagine that? Vince McMahon being the, the vice president-elect to, uh, to, to, to tread that such a backwards world. Such a backwards world. That would be that would be just be so crazy for me to think. But anyway, I digress. Just something I want to throw out to you guys as well about that too. Uh, another quick piece of side note, uh, some sad news coming out. Apparently Jimmy Snuka, uh, who uh, was back in the news recently because of uh, standing trial uh, for murder allegations, apparently has been given uh, a six-month, less than six months to live diagnosed. It's apparently been diagnosed with a terminal form of cancer. No statement has been officially released. It's just a kind of rumor circulating right now on the internet. Uh, I hope, obviously, it's not true. Uh, I hope Jimmy Snuka is doing well, and hopefully, uh, you know, this is not the circumstance. Again, this is just a rumor at this point, speculation. Uh, hopefully, it is not the case, and Jimmy Snuka is hopefully resting comfortably and hopefully well. But we'll see how things go. Prayers and thoughts out to Jimmy Snuka and his family. Um, <clears throat> really quickly, I guess the only other thing left here to talk about on my docket today, because uh, I thought there was a lot more news that I had to cover, is of course final battle. And I know I don't really talk, I don't really talk about Ring of Honor too much on here or TNA on here. Of course, I'm part of the Impact Rebellion uh, on WrestleZone as I uh, contribute the Breaking Kayfabe segment over there. Shout out to of course WrestleZone and the Impact Rebellion show over there. We do, uh, but I also don't talk about Ring of Honor a lot too because unfortunately I don't have. I'm not really well versed in Ring of Honor. I know a couple of the talents over there, and generally speaking, I know what they're doing. But I don't, I don't really religiously pay attention to that one. But there is a couple pieces of news coming out of Ring of Honor I think you guys might find interesting. First and foremost, Bullet Club news. Of course, Bullet Club, a more popular version, I guess you could say, of the NWO. I think Bullet Club. You guys know what the Bullet Club is at this point. I'm pretty sure you guys know. Well, there's a rumor going around, spoiler alert, that a new member of the Bullet Club is really going to shake things up. And of course, that's Cody Rhodes. Apparently, Cody Rhodes cutting a heel-like promo after his match with Jay Lethal at Final Battle, which was a, a phenomenal matchup. I had a chance to actually catch that matchup. It was just fantastic. But it was... Um it was it was it was a heel promo that he cut, and a lot of people were wondering why the hell is Cody Rhodes cutting a heel promo? Well, apparently, it's because he's looking to possibly join the Bullet Club. Spoilers were indicating that uh, Cody Rhodes will be joining the Bullet Club at future television tapings for Ring of Honor. I gotta say that makes things really interesting. I mean, Cody's been predominantly babyface in his indie run, so having him turn heel, working with Ring of Honor, and more specifically, working with the most popular stable right now in the independent scenes with professional wrestling. Just kind of makes sense, doesn't it? It just makes all the sense in the world to me, but what do you guys think? But of course, the other big piece of news that came out from a final battle is the fact that Broken Matt Hardy came on the screen and challenged the Young Bucks, or the Bucks of Youth, who have just signed a new two-year deal with Ring of Honor to a match during the WrestleMania 33 weekend. Apparently, the mismatch won't be on pay-per-view or even television, as you have to be at the event in order to see the show. Uh, of course, there's a lot of speculation as far as TNA and ROH possibly having a working relationship and unfortunately that is not the case whatsoever tna uh does not have the ability in their contracts or tna talent does not have the ability in their contracts to work shows that have a network to uh, have sort of uh broadcast and television distribution deal or pay-per-view so unfortunately they won't be able to work ring of honor at least for anything that is televised live event shows are completely different which apparently this match at wrestlemania 33 will happen during that uh during the wrestlemania 33 weekend will happen during one of those shows so the ring of honor show is of course a house show. But that being said, uh, a lot of possibilities now as far as what's going to happen with total non-stop deletion. Of course, there was a lot of buzz around the fact that a couple of months ago it was announced that Broken Matt Hardy and Brother Nero will be hosting Tag Team Apocalypto at their house uh, for a total non-stop deletion episode. It's an entire episode of Impact Wrestling devoted to the delete style uh, <laughs> that they've uh, been noted for. Of course, the final deletion, uh, delete or decay, and of course, this one being the big one, total non-stop deletion. Uh, uh, which will be airing next week. And, of course, they're inviting all sorts of tag teams. And this, of course, just raises more eyebrows and speculation. Will the Young Bucks be part of total nonstop deletion? I certainly, as all hell, hope so, because that would just be so, just be so entertaining and so fun, right? Just be fantastic. It would just be, ah. Oh. 
can't tell me that would not be fun. I think I think honestly the entire concept of total nonstop deletion is just going to be an absolute hoot and a holler to have. Uh, real quick though, before we wrap things up here on the podcast, I did want to throw out something different to you guys here. Uh, of course, my buddy Stephen, aka Heel Stephen, uh, threw out a open discussion to a couple people on the internet. And I want to throw this out to you guys as well too. Uh, shout out to of course Heel Stephen, the Team Heel Podcast. Go check him out uh, over on Twitter at Heel Stephen, YouTube.com/slash Heel Stephen as well. His open discussion, Shawn Michaels is considered to be one of the greatest pro wrestlers of all time. AJ Styles considered a lot of people as the greatest pro wrestler in the world today. Some would say that AJ Styles is this generation's or error, depending on how you want to call it. Shawn Michaels, as far as his in-ring performance is concerned. Would you all agree or disagree? Again, it's an open discussion and have some fun. So thanks, of course, Heel Steven, for this open discussion idea and concept. Really appreciate it. If you guys can also support and help uh, check him out, too. And if you guys want other things to talk about, let me know as well, too, at Twitter at OKFabeRWP. I think there's a lot of truth to that. I think that AJ Styles' comparison to Shawn Michaels is extremely accurate in a lot of different ways. I think that AJ has obviously a very similar style to Shawn Michaels. And honestly, AJ's had, I mean, if you look back at AJ Styles' run in WWE alone in 2016, phenomenal. I mean, he came at the Royal Rumble, feuded with Chris Jericho, feuded with Chris Jericho and had his match at WrestleMania 32. Uh, Roman Reigns for the WWE Championship right after that. John Cena, and then right into carrying the belt from September onto the, into the end of the year. And if you really look back at it, AJ's had just great match after great match after great match after great match. Really no comparison between the two, really. I mean, it's just, it's, it's great stuff. And, and so... I think that AJ is known religiously for having fantastic matches just across the board. So yeah, I think that it's a very safe thing to to make the comparison between the two, uh, between AJ and for Shawn Michaels. Uh, so I definitely would agree on that one. I definitely want to know what you guys think uh, as far as, you know, d- d- would you consider AJ Styles this modern version or this modern era uh, version of Shawn Michaels? I want to know your thoughts on Twitter, Facebook, and of course, right here on the YouTube channel as well too. All right, guys. I've jibber-jabbered for way too long, and I appreciate you guys sticking out with me throughout this entire program, this entire show. really means the world to me that you guys sit there and watch and just listen to me jibber-jabber and also interact with you guys on the YouTube, Facebook, and the Twitter as well, too. To wrap things up here on this week's edition of the Random Wrestling Podcast, we will be back next week, and we're going to cover so many fun goodies. I think we'll be back probably on the same time frame as far as last week goes, so we'll be airing this, uh, recording this Wednesday night and going into Thursdays. I think that's probably a safer bet for my sanity going forward forward. Uh, keep your eyes peeled for another uh, unboxing from Pro Wrestling Loot and maybe some other end of the year stuff. So keep your eyes and ears peeled on the Facebook, YouTube, Twitter and all that fun jazz. So uh, thank you guys again for watching. Again, appreciate the love and continued support. You guys know how to support the show. iTunes, Stitcher Radio, TuneIn, SoundCloud, and of course right here on YouTube. Subscribe, like, and share. And comment down below and let me guys know what you think of all this fun jazz. Let me know what you guys want to talk about in future episodes of the podcast. Thank you guys again for tuning in. Appreciate the love and support. Until next time, guys. Take it easy.